you're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome back to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. On today's episode of the podcast, we have Bobby Becker. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about who you are, a little background about yourself? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Bobby Becker. Uh, I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is North Alabama. Um, it's, I guess, most famous for Space Camp is there. I don't know if anyone in the area has done that, but we got to do that when I was growing up because it was right there in our backyard. Um, I went to arts schools, K through 12, magnet programs. Um, so I have a, a deep history and background in in theater and in educational theater, kind of like in kids theater, like uh, DJT does. Uh, I went to the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Roll Tide. We, I studied musical theater and graduated in 2011. I moved directly after college to New York um, to try to be an actor. And then I moved directly after I moved to New York to South Korea wow. uh, for a couple of years um, where I worked uh, for a theme park um, called English Village which is essentially just a, a place to go and experience English. And by English, I mean Western culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Korean families and school groups would come uh, either just individually or as a part of like these packages that would be there for single day programs where they would go to like the post office and the police department and have their like, they had this whole experience that they would do. And I was what they called an edutainer, mm-hmm. which was essentially the entertainment part of the park. And so we would, we created musicals for kids and families. Um, so we would write original musicals and then perform them every day in a variety of different ways, uh, which kind of really solidified, I guess, my eventual future and now present of really being involved with theater for young audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, It was always something that was super important to me, but that experience, getting to do it in all facets, you know, create shows for kids from beginning to end and Mm -hmm. get to see the impact that can have um, has been really impactful and and important. And uh, and that experience was was amazing for so many different reasons. Uh, And my wife and I like to say it completely changed our lives because that's where we met. Um, I met Ashley who grew up in the quad cities in Bettendorf. Uh, I met her over there and that eventually is how we got, we made our way back here. Um, we moved, I I got there in 2012. She'd already been there for a while and we left together in 2014. Uh, we moved back to New York and we lived there for a couple years, um, on and off. We've worked at many different, um, regional theaters throughout the US. Um, And we launched our own theater for young audiences company where uh, we have continued to write and produce musicals for kids and families. And we have been consistently working in theaters since we got back. And we officially moved back to Davenport uh, last June, we we were here uh, when 
quarantine started and, and COVID hit. Um, but we weren't necessarily planning to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a couple of contracts lined up at circuit 21 and, um, but we had kind of made connections with other people, including DJT, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and our network had grown in such a way that it was kind of oddly perfect for us when we needed to kind of slow down the work and figure out what we were going to do with our lives. And, um, in June of last year, we were able to find a home as you're looking at right now mm-hmm. and really kind of settle in, uh, here in the, in the quad cities. Other than being a teacher at junior theater, you are also directing the upcoming virtual main stage, Alice in Wonderland. So can you talk a little bit about that process, what that's been like and why people should tune in? Sure. This is the second virtual main stage production from that DJT has done. Um, I was indirectly involved with uh, the first one they did, Snow White 2 Point Zoom, which was kind of three productions in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did one classic set of Snow White scenes, one set of Snow White scenes that were written by, uh, coincidentally, the girl that's playing Alice in Alice in Wonderland right now. Mm-hmm. She wrote the scenes for like the future, the evil queen returns. Mm-hmm. And then they did a, a whole Showtime Pal kind of talk show with with some uh, new Snow White dwarves, and so there was that was a really important learning process, an experience for all of us who were involved in that. Mm-hmm. I was a directing mentor for that one because they used uh, student directors. Mm-hmm. for the Snow White classic scenes and the Snow White Evil Queen return scenes. And so I was around to learn with everyone on the fly what it's like to try to produce theater mm-hmm. in this virtual Zoom meeting kind of format. And so that was very successful, I think, especially for how much we didn't know when we were going into it but now we've learned a lot of things. And so we've been able to take on a pretty serious undertaking with Mm -hmm. a show like Alice in Wonderland. Um, And so we have been able to learn about what it's like to do your virtual backgrounds and what it's like to have scenes with people and implement sound effects and into implement stage direction and scene changes and things Mm -hmm. like that, that were a little bit out of our reach at first. And so I think this is a good marriage of stage and screen for these kids. And it's an exciting thing for, for them to get to do. And I think will therefore be an exciting thing for audiences to get to see as well especially being a show like Alice in Wonderland, we are able to create some theater magic that would have been difficult for us to do in person. And so some things are more difficult, obviously, virtually, but there are some things that we're able to do with the, you know, the magic of green screen and things like that. And with pulling up multiple cameras and things like that at different times with using different backgrounds that, we can we can make more magic and and create some of these specific wonderland effects that would have been more difficult and more challenging for us to do in person. Yeah. 
What do you think the biggest challenges of directing a show online have been? I think just the the communication Mm -hmm. in general is is more difficult. Everything takes a little bit longer because you're you're having to to communicate with people not in the same place as you. And so I can't necessarily just get up and show somebody what I want them to do. I kind of have to talk them through how to make something happen. I think it's, it's challenging, especially for our younger participants to understand what it means to need to look to my right Mm -hmm. to see something what is going to appear to them to be on their left. And so that is that we've come across that many times and it's, it's something that is unique to, to virtual theater and to mm-hmm. this platform specifically is, is those challenges. But it is something that I think that they have been embracing really well. Um, I think, too, with a show like this, there it's difficult because Alice is the only character that's always around and she goes and she meets one person. Then she goes and meets a new person. Then she goes and meets two new people. And then she goes and meets one person and then five people. And so it's very segmented in that way. And that is, that has made it um, difficult to, to really get the kids one show for them. It feels like this is my scene and then I'm kind of done. And so we have done our best to include them in moments that they're not in with the kind of tech elements that we have been implementing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another difficulty with this is just that to try to best teach the show in segments like this, it was important for us to do it that way. Mm -hmm. But catching everyone else up to the flow of the show and when they need to be ready for their moment and following along with something that maybe they're at the very beginning and then not again until the very end, or they don't come in at all until the very end, or they're right in the middle. Keeping the focus has, has certainly been a challenge, but one that again, they, they have risen to and will continue to rise to as we get into performances. Yeah. Do you think there have been any rewards or anything that surprised you about directing online? Yeah, definitely. I think that there is, um, there's definitely the community of, of working on a theatrical production that I think these kids have been starved uh, for mm-hmm. in the past year. And, and so to get to see them watch each other, and that's kind of the good part of that double-edged sword of no one got to see each other learn their scenes. Yeah. And so it's, you get to perform for each other before you perform for the audience. Mm-hmm. And so Every, you know, we have some very uh, fun and interesting characters being created and interesting, fun moments, and the kids really enjoy it and are very supportive of each other. And I think if we had been doing this in normal times, they probably would have gotten to see it all as it was happening, which kind of takes away from the magic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that has been the nice part of that. And I think that the other things are when we have these grand ideas about making these tech things happen and then they actually can happen. Mm-hmm. That is, that's something that's, that's really exciting and really fun as well. And uh, I look forward to, to really, to seeing how that comes across uh, for our audience members who don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing 
kind of a lot of online theater in the area. You know, you just did the Valentine's show with Circa and Big Rock Candy Mountain. So has Alice either helped prep you for those or have those helped prep you for Alice in terms of doing things virtually? Yeah, definitely. I think everything helps each everything else. It is um, something that, like anybody else, I didn't have any experience doing mm-hmm. last year. And we knew that it was important. I think a lot of people understood that it was important for us to to get on this train early, mm-hmm. to try to keep our theaters relevant and bringing in some sort of income or at least being in the minds and, you know, streams and feeds of everybody else in the area of our audience. And so each thing I learned something new and each thing I realized what I need to prioritize when it comes to the next thing. And each time I work with kids in, in a virtual platform, whether it be in class or in a main stage or compiling their videos to create one of those things like we did, like we've done for Circa. Mm -hmm. It, it helps me to understand what it is that they understand about this and how, what they can bring to this and what it is that is going to be challenging for them and what they aren't going to understand and where I need to focus uh, on, on their development. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like finding more of a permanent home in the quad cities at DJT and within the art scene here in general? Yeah, it has been really good. I have, um, I've always had a high regard for the quad city theater scene. Um, when being kind of a little package deal with Ashley, once we got back moving from regional theater, regional theater, when they would find out that Ashley was from the area, there, they would always have questions about, oh, have you worked here? Have you worked with this person? Have you done this? And um, it was always something that I was like, ooh, this is like very interesting and highly regarded and, and esteemed. And I always wanted to get to work here and work with uh, the very strong arts community in the area. Um, our, our, the first thing we did was a few years ago in the summer, we did Holiday Inn. And while we were here, we actually had already started a relationship with DJT um, working at some of their camps and then had started teaching with them. And then pretty soon after that, we were both, we both signed on to work on a main stage production at DJT, which was Aesop's Fallibles, which was right around two years ago at this time in this kind of winter main stage slot where they would typically do musicals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she directed that and I music directed it. And then from there, we were both have been very involved in many different things with DJT. We've both done camps. We've both, both taught many classes, um, both in person and virtually now. Uh, and that has always been a really kind of nice uh, side hustle. You know, we, we as professional actors are always looking for ways to supplement that income, especially like kind of filling in the gaps between contracts and stuff. And DJT has been amazing for that for us. And I know for a lot of other artists in the area as well, um, they always have uh, curriculum going on all year round. um, And we are able to fit into that really well. And they have worked with us really well to fit us into their schedules and work around our schedules to, to continue to make that work. Um, we've also been 
involved with. I, I music directed for a high school last year and I'm doing it again. And Ashley has been brought on as well as another kind of consultant for their main stage stuff. And we've been helping the kids out with their speech and thespian festival material. Um, so the, the community has really embraced us in a way that uh, is very encouraging and is very exciting for both of us. We have got to meet a lot of different people at a lot of different theaters, even the ones that we haven't really worked at. There are a lot of quality community theaters in the area. And we just had a little collaboration with a lot of them in this Valentine's uh, virtual performance that we did through Circa 21 and many others um, made contributions to that. And it just seems that, you know, at, with every project, our web of community grows and our, um, you know, kind of love for the, the community in the area uh, grows as well. Yeah, that's something I really enjoy about the Quad City Arts scene, uh, scene is that everyone's connected and it's like that web that you were talking about. Sure. Yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed in other places where it seems like there are a ton of theaters that there is a lot of competition mm -hmm. and a lot of sort of you got to make your allegiance with us. And mm -hmm. by that, I mean, you can't go do anything anywhere else. Yeah. And that's such a, a downer. It's mm -hmm. so sad to see uh, artistic people and especially theatrical people to have such hard and fast lines and boundaries mm -hmm. and it's just never going to to work for everyone right and it's very rarely going to work for anyone uh to do that uh, just to i know everybody wants their things to be the best and they want people to come to their shows and come to do their shows but i think that the quad cities is has already established a, a pretty good cooperation mm -hmm. among their theater communities and is, I think, still trending in the right direction as far as being able to be a self-sustaining market, one that allows its talent to move throughout and understand that the, the more theater that is quality in the area, the more people will want to come see the shows and everything will be able to help each other as opposed to, you know, fight against each other. Yeah, absolutely. So you've taught a bunch of classes at junior theater. Do you have a favorite one to teach? Um, I don't know. I, I was kind of dreading the idea of teaching virtually mm -hmm. just because I didn't know what that was going to be like. And I've, I've had, you know, varying degrees of success in DJT classes in person, just like anyone else has, mm -hmm. just with what kind of groups I connect with best, what ages I can work with best. Um, and I was really kind of finding my groove with DJT with being able to teach kind of older kids acting or improv or things like that. And then when it came to the camps, to being like a specialty teacher, which was like teaching just something that is different and exciting for the kids at the camp each time. And so when it came time for me to, you know, like pull up my bootstraps and, uh, and teach virtually, what came with that was more specialty type classes. Yeah. And I think I have fit in pretty well with the things that 
work really well for virtual classes, mm-hmm. like voiceover and accents and things that you don't really have to be in person to do. It almost works better to yeah. be virtual and to be using microphones and to be reading copy all the time and not have to worry so much about too many things where you can just focus on what is going on with your voice. And so I think that the the character creation and voiceover classes mm-hmm. have surprised me um, with how successful I think they have been and mm-hmm. how much I've enjoyed doing them and I've enjoyed working with the kids. And so in the end, I think that that those classes have have been my favorites after all. Yeah. Do you think you hope that DJT continues with online classes for those specialty areas? Yeah, I think I hope that it's at least an option. I know that there um, there is something really special about coming to DJT and the campus is so expansive mm-hmm. and so kind of amazing to be able to have so many things running at the same time if they are able and available. Um, but yeah, I think that once again, the whole world is kind of finding right now that generally we would say like, this is when your class is at this time on a day. And if it's snowing or something like that, it's like, okay, too bad. But now this is a new option for so many different people. And especially for this. And I think that there has been a lot of really successful implementation of this virtual learning mm-hmm. um, and especially with these DJT classes and these specific DJT classes that I I, I really do hope they do and, and especially for those kind of specialty ones like it's I can't imagine teaching a voiceover class in person being more successful than teaching it virtually yeah. I think being able to use the zoom platform that we've established and have be, be able to share our screens and just be able to pull up anything we want at any moment online and share it with the students is is a, a serious advantage mm-hmm. that we don't really have in person. I mean, you'd have to print out a bunch of stuff and prepare a whole lot more for, and it would take longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the, the kind of, um, what's the word efficiency, I guess, of, of online learning for specific classes is, is really worth um, continuing. Mm -hmm. But I know that, you know, there, there's only so much that you can do with that as well. And so obviously I think there will need to be some sort of balance. And I know so many of the kids are going to, are looking so much forward to coming back in person all the time, but uh, yeah, I would recommend it to them. If they asked me, I don't know if they will, but if I guess you are. So yeah, I would recommend continuing it at least in these specific areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your DJT students, they know that, you know, you are very involved in theater and they know that you're good at all that, but do you have any hidden hobbies, talents, or passions your students might not know as much about? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm relatively I'm a relatively open book. I think that the the kids that I haven't had at camps mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily know my passions for sports and things like that. I uh, that was early when I was DJT aged, um, kind of like late elementary, middle school. Mm-hmm. I had to make a decision about whether I was going to continue focusing 
really exclusively on theater or if I was going to try to focus on playing soccer. That's one of my, was the kind of two things that I was doing when I was that age. And so I'm really, really into sports. I, I love when we get to be at those DJT camps and play kickball and stuff like that outside with the kids. That is um, really fun and, and, a, and an exciting thing to get to do with them. And so I also follow a lot of different sports. I, I love Alabama football, obviously. I'm, I'm really into baseball and stuff like that. So there, that's, I think, would be something that may not ever have to come up in my interactions mm-hmm. with DJT students, but that would be the like rounding out my top three of things that I love in the world. Yeah, definitely. So just in more terms of getting to know you better, if you were told that you had to give a surprise lecture, you know, in 10 minutes, they say you have to go give a lecture on something. What is something that no prep you could just talk about? Wow. Um, I, again, I think that it's probably if I needed to give a, a surprise lecture to someone, I, I guess I could go a couple of different ways. I think that right off the top of my head that I could probably give a relatively detailed history of the current University of Alabama football dynasty that is happening right now. It's okay. that's something that started around the same time as I started Alabama. This mm-hmm. is the the coach Nick Saban who arrived at Alabama the same year that I arrived, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think of the dynasty as kind of beginning with me as well. Mm-hmm. And there there I know too much about all of that stuff. I think I probably if you asked my wife, I probably know too much about baseball and baseball history i could give a pretty detailed lecture mm-hmm. on baseball as well um and then i think that to kind of keep it in the realm of of djt world i could definitely give a, a detailed um lecture on how to create a a tya show a mm-hmm. show for young audiences and families specifically i think that's something i'm super passionate about and relatively skilled in and well-versed in and have had a lot of practice and in success and failure. And so I think that that's certainly something that, that I could teach and and would be able to teach as well. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you have a favorite TYA show? Uh, yeah, I, I have always been very um, fond of honk uh, oh, the story cool. of the ugly duckling. That's the show. I played the ugly duckling in my eighth grade year. Um, We did honk for our like main stage. Mm -hmm. And that one has always been really meaningful to me. Um, Susical is amazing. That's, that's another kind of incredible work that I think gives a lot of um, clout to TYA. I think the new James and the giant peach written by Pasek and Paul is also really, really quality. And I think that, those are the shows that I think that mean the most to me. I think there are a lot of TYA shows out there that are super effective for what they're written for, mm-hmm. but there are some shows out there that are just legitimately very good mm-hmm. and give, you know, that give TYA a good name. I, I really just can't stand it when people talk down about theater for young audiences yeah. or like, it's just kids theater. Like it doesn't mean anything. Um, and so those three shows specifically, I think 
you would be hard pressed to find someone who could honestly tell you that they're just, oh, that's just kids theater. There's, there, there's a lot of quality in all three of those shows and they, they all have different importance to me. Yeah. I recently discovered Frog and Toad, the musical. Mm. Oh gosh, it is so good. Yeah. See, that's one that I have somehow always missed. I have never been in it. I've never even seen it. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard really good things about it and I would love to educate myself better on yeah. that because everyone it's it's on that same tier I think when you talk to other people who are familiar with TYA that they that they put that one up there as well and that's just one that has always eluded me for yeah. however reason yeah I've been listening to that one a lot it's just so good that's awesome yeah so who is your biggest hero oh um That's tough. I think it's changed a lot in my life. Um, I think that I have, I've moved around and I, and my priorities have changed a bunch mm -hmm. in my life. And so uh, it's, that person has changed a lot to me. I think right now where I am in my career and where I am in my personal life and uh and where I am in like where the world is kind of right now, I think that the answer for me would be Alan Menken, the composer for many of the Disney mm -hmm. movies and musicals. Uh, I think that the way that he has kind of found that niche and has been a huge voice in the, in that kind of TYA or, you know, Disney films for young audiences uh, and the, the impact that those can have on people mm -hmm. is something that has always been super meaningful and important to me. And that's something that if, if I could do anything, it would be to have that sort of impact on that sort of audience. Mm -hmm. And so I think for right now, uh, he would be my kind of number one yeah. hero. So we know that you love TYA musicals and TYA theater in general. Do you have a biggest dream role that could be TYA or otherwise? Uh, yeah, let's see. I have been fortunate to get to do a lot of really fun roles. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of, I, I live in the kind of TYA world more than anything else. Um, I have worked in on many kind of shows for adults, um, but that's not necessarily my passion. Mm -hmm. um, I think though kind of an in-between point, something that has always been a dream of mine would be to play Bob Gaudio in Jersey Boys. Mm -hmm. um, that is, it's kind of in between being one of those like jukebox musicals. It's, it's obviously has serious themes and things like that, but it's just really fun for the audiences. And those are the kind of shows that I enjoy doing the most. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the one of those four that I could maybe play um, not being Italian. Uh, and um, that that's something that, that I would definitely love to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you and your wife both do a lot of theater in the Quad Cities area. So what advice would you give to young aspiring theater professionals? What I would say is 
if you're serious about it, to, to take it seriously. I think that it's, it's something that is really fun and, and exciting and can be a great social experience. Mm -hmm. And that will, that will always be there no matter, no matter what level you're at. If you, you know, learning as much as you can, as quickly as you can. I think that depending on what your aspirations are, um, I would say come out of your comfort zone. And if you want to be a musical theater actor, um, take dance classes, take voice lessons, take acting classes, be in as many shows as you can be, learn from as many different people as you can, broaden your your network as quickly as possible, understand how important that is, and just know that you you can never be well trained enough. You know, there there is obviously a point where you could, you know, be playing the you know, Evan Hansen or Elphaba or something like that, or Hamilton, you know, where you can't there's really nowhere further to go on Broadway than that. But I think those people would tell you the same thing that I'm telling you that you it's something that if you're serious about it, you should take it seriously and educate yourself always and continue to take steps forward in learning about what you're doing and never be complacent in any area, be that your skills, your relationships, your education of what is what is trending in theater and what different theaters want and need right now mm -hmm. i think that this is work that can really never be finished yeah absolutely so as someone who's passionate about young theater and you know theater for children by children why do you think programs like junior theater are important to support i cannot uh, stress enough how important they are that this is something that creates well-rounded people, first and foremost. I think that that's something that DJT understands really well and that the people that come and the parents that send their kids to DJT understand and the kids learn as they get older. It's may, maybe not something that they necessarily grasp right away, but just the, the skills that learning theater and dance classes and and voice can teach you goes beyond doing it on a stage for an audience i think that the you know learning how to control your body when you are in a situation of pressure is something that everyone needs mm -hmm. people like business people need this to be able to understand what it's like to be in a pressure situation and control yourself and understand how to use the energy that's always going to be there to your advantage is so important. Being able to control your vocal presence to command a group of people, be that on a stage or be that in a meeting, you know, is so important. Being able to have relationships with other people and team building exercises that theater can uniquely um, offer is so important. There, there are so many things that I learned 
growing up in community theater, in educational theater, which DJT kind of combines mm -hmm. into one thing that have been invaluable to me and I know have been invaluable to other people that didn't go directly into theater like I did. I think that the the fun that you can have is obvious. I think that's why so many of the kids come to DJT. Mm -hmm. It is a extremely valuable social opportunity for the kids. But I think that the intangibles that you learn for confidence building and team building and you know, working together in and doing things that aren't necessarily in your comfort zone. These are skills that everyone must learn in some way or another. And I personally haven't found a better way to teach those things than with theater and with and at a young age. Yeah, definitely. So I have one final question for you. And that is, what would you say to your cast and crew as they get ready to launch Alice in Wonderland? I would tell them that they've all done an amazing job. This is something that everyone is still learning, regardless of, of what we learned from our past experiences. This is something that we are all working together to learn together. Mm -hmm. I am so thankful for the attitudes that everybody came into this with. All of the kids, you know, we have the extreme we have the youngest a kid could possibly be. A kid turned 10 during this process. And we have an 18-year-old. This is what DJT can do, offer for main stage productions. And I would thank the older kids for the example that they set. And I would thank the younger kids for the energy that they have brought and the, the natural excitement that they can continue to teach me and the older kids and everyone else on the production staff is that this is, and I think everybody realizes that is that we each have something to learn from each other. And that's what DJT I think is all about. That's, I think the by kids part of it. Mm -hmm. And I am very grateful to everyone and very proud of everyone who has been involved with this, with rolling with all these different punches that we have been dealt and I very much look forward to, to hearing how the audiences react to their final product. Yeah. Well, I wish you, your cast and your crew, broken legs, <laughs> broken night. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you for taking the time to do the podcast with us today. Sure. Thank you. I, it's, this has always been a dream of mine to get to be on a podcast. Yeah. I can't wait. This is my first time getting to do it. I hope I get to do it in the future, but um, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted it to be with anybody else. So thank yeah, you yeah. for including me. And I look forward to, to hearing mine and many episodes of the DJT podcast. Uh, to yeah, come. thank you. This has been the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening.